Sometimes you love them to death, and sometimes they get on your very last nerve. But you know what? At the end of the day, your friends are some of the most important people in your life. And today, on this week's episode, the boys and I discuss the topic of friendship. We first start off with, you know, a little bit of an origin story to how we all met as friends and some of our earliest memories as friends. And then we get into some topics like how have our thoughts about friendship changed as we've grown older, from teenagers to men in our early 20s to now we're in our mid-20s. How has the actual real-life friendships we've been a part of compared to the nuclear friend groups that we've seen on television? You know, the friend groups you see on the friend's couch or in How I Met Your Mother or New Girl and what have you. And finally, we talk about things like how we go about cutting friends in our lives, how we manage acquaintances and networking in our lives, and how we've tried to maintain friendships throughout the pandemic. And spoiler alert, it's not always easy, but you know, we all are trying to do our best with the tools that we have. And so we end up having a really wholesome and what I think is a pretty interesting conversation about friendship. And our hope is that you enjoy it and hopefully share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow the pot. Awesome. Well, thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, as always, my name is Unkwer. With me, we have Tony and Tom. And welcome again to another episode of The Cusp. Okay, so one more quick aside before we actually start the episode, we we recorded this in late 2020, and the reason why that's relevant is some of the references in the episode might sound a little bit dated. Uh, So for example, (laughs) a really good example is I talk about how there's this book called The Defining Decade by Dr. Meg Jay, and I asked whether or not Tony or Tom had heard of it. And uh, obviously, you know, now we have heard of it because we've read it and we've interviewed the author, Dr. Meg Jay, uh, just, uh, you know, a couple episodes back. But at that time, you know, I had read it, but I don't think Tony or Tom had read it. And so that's that's why you'll hear things like that. So the episode was from late 2020. But, you know, the content is still very relevant. So we wanted to put it out. Cool. I'm going to stop talking. Let's get into it. To start off the conversation, like Tony and I, like we discussed before the call, we kind of wanted to go back to the moments when we all first met each other and became friends. I feel like this would be like, you know, uh, a nice activity to go over. So, I mean, I remember for the most part how I met both of you. I don't know who wants to go first, like who wants to start sharing first. Well, I'll say like, well, I, I can go over how, how you and I met on Core. Sure. Um. So, like, you uh, were talking to Tom in the basement of, like, the the building where we went to business school. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were, we were just, like, meeting up for, for something. And you were talking, you, like, introduced yourself to me and you were like, hey, I'm Uncor. And, like, Tom did, like, a double take. And he was like, what? You're not anchor anymore? Like, what What happened, bro? Yeah. And then you kind of just, like, explained to him how it was, like, a cultural thing and you wanted people to pronounce your name right and all this stuff. And, like, I'm listening to this, right? And I know this isn't true now, but in my head, I was like, wow, this guy's like, 
there's a chance he's like an Im- like straight off the boat immigrant like because <laughs> like in my world like in my the 30 seconds i knew you at that point you like rolled in and I was Said like, what's my your name? name? Like, and you were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And then Tom's like, what? And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle, Sungur, is it Angor now? So it's, 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 I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> but like, my accent was not that thick. No, 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 no. Okay, you, you really, you really enunciated it the first few weeks. You were really telling people. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're swerving into it. You're swerving yeah. into it, which you kind of yeah. needed to. You kind of need to overcorrect to make this, you know, it a social norm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard, bro. <laughs> so I gotta say one one quick interjection. So it's funny that that's the first time we met because Tom since that time has still been saying my name wrong. But I've never. I've, thanks, thanks for I've, for lighting me up on this podcast, mate. No, but like I gotta say, I I really noticed when we started recording the podcast, but I didn't say anything because you say it like kind of like British. It's like a cool. It's like Anka, Anka. I'm like, all right, you know what? I kind of like this. I was like, it's I was like, like, it's not, it's not it. But like, I like the way he says it. So it's it's, it's like the it's like the colonial version of your name. <laughs> No, exactly. Which, which is worse, mis- mispronouncing it or going full colonial on it? I don't even. <laughs> no, it's it's loving. It's loving. No, it's um. I, I just thought like I listen back to the recordings and then like Anka. Like, I'll I'm, tell you this. Like none, none of you say my last name correct because even I don't say my last name correctly. <laughs> so. <laughs> I I actually didn't. So funny enough, like. I remember that now that you tell me that story, but like I didn't remember that initially. How I initially remember meeting you, like the first memory that sticks out, and you and I could yeah. talk about this. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Tom, but like, so I walk into it was uh, Buick 311, uh, Business Economics 311, and me and Tony yeah. had this class together. And I'm like, second year business school, I have some initial friends, I've met some people through, you know, JDC, which is like a club we were all in. And, and I go in there and I see Tony and I say, what's up? And I say hi to everyone. I go sit in the back. Okay. And I, at this point, it's like first two weeks of school, I really don't feel like paying attention. Uh, and I'm like, I want to be better friends with Tony. So I had Tony on Facebook at, during the class and he accepts. And then I go back all the way back, like to his oldest photos. Dude, that's a pretty like, forward move president. though. You just met him in class you... <laughs> and then you added him on Facebook? Yes. Yes. No, I met him before. I forgot about that. But okay. like, essentially, that was one of the one of our first interactions. The first one that I remember. Yeah, I'll be weirded out if someone did that to me, to be honest. But, well, but no, here's what I did next. This is interesting. So I go all the way back to his oldest photos of like when he ran for president. And, you know, he's like a bigger dude back in high school. And I liked it. And I commented, like, I would vote for you, Tony. <laughs> I remember like this because this came up on my feed, too. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like you mentioned that it was kind of like a weird, weird move, Tom. Because mm-hmm. like you're one hundred percent right. It was, <laughs> a, uh, it was a very weird move. But also, I you know I loved it because <laughs> you know I was like sitting in class and I like saw this guy's friend request come up. I was like, word. I add him. You were like, oh, then... this is the dude sitting beside me. <laughs> he no, he wasn't sitting beside. No, I was me. like five rows behind him. Yeah, even slightly creepier because you have to do that look look over your shoulder in the middle of class and be like, "Are you staring at me?" <laughs> no, he actually did though. He commented this right, and like I was like paying attention in class on like you know 
encore this fiend it's probably why i got a better grade right but <laughs> I, I... <laughs> but uh but i like turn i like i like turned on my phone and i there were like 60 new likes on this photo from years ago all these people in business school and i was like what what the fuck happened and i saw that uncle was like the first person and he like commented and i like turned around and uncle was just losing his mind like like watching me react to this and i was i honestly like my first thought was like i like this guy like i i because like that's something i would do like i i i really like that attitude so um i feel like i feel like i remember that distinctly because i was I think that's kind of like when the seed of friendship with Ankur and I, I really, really formed and start growing. Because I was like, yeah. word, like, I, I want to be friends with this guy. Like, that's dope. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was a good time. What about you guys? I mean, Tom, you had to interview Tony back in the day for a debate team. What were you thinking going into that interview? And how did that interview end up playing out? I remember when I said I want to interview Tony and I was asking people for like, you know, sending out fillers, trying to get an idea of who is Tony, who is Tony. And people were like, Tom, are you sure you want this guy on your team? <laughs> like, I was like, what's wrong with him? They were like, you know, he's, a, he's like, you know, he's like a, basically they just kind of described you as like a strong headed dude, you know? And it was like this. Which is true. There was this. Yeah. There was this like worry of like, if I get you on the team, you're gonna wreck the team dynamic and just like try and dominate everyone. And I was like, ah. I was like, I will give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> and then I think I remember specifically in the interview, I asked you a question along the lines of like, you know, how would you deal with a teammate that's like struggling and needs support or something? And then you 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 specifically also called out that, yeah, I used to be a bit of an ass. Um, yeah. But yeah. now I know that, you know, when I'm dealing with someone like that, I have to change my ways. I was like, ah, this is a reformed man. This man is ready. No, <laughs> that was true. And, you know, you know, long story short, we ended up winning. But like that, that, that like, I think that that was that impression was probably generated because yeah, no, I was definitely an ass, you know, like at least initially, not like a not like a psycho. Like it's not like I was being being like manipulative or like a dick to people. It was just like that's kind of a dweeb, right? So and then I experienced, you know, a lot of personal growth, as a lot of people do between the ages of 18 and 20. You know, you grow a lot. So and then I remember I kind of remember when I knew Tom and I were gonna be bros too, because it was at like our first and second practice um, when I rolled in and you were wearing like the Konoha bracelet. Oh yeah. Which is, which is kind of a reference to Naruto. And I was like, yo, is that a Naruto bracelet, bro? And you were like, you're like, yeah. Like, and then you kind of asked me with kind of like a lot of skepticism, like, yeah, like, have you heard of Naruto? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you gotta... yeah, that's my favorite show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that bracelet, some people Tom are like, like Tom. You know, some people are like Tom. Why do you go around wearing a wearing a Naruto bracelet? And I was like, you guys don't know how much this is a conversation starter. Because yeah, number I mean, one, it just it just it's just a dope looking bracelet. But when people get it, I've had so many great conversations from that bracelet. So yeah, it's no, like no, there's yeah, no we talk about that to wearing too, it really. Yeah. And if if someone recognizes it, it's because they've watched the show and will will then like like the fact that you're wearing the bracelet. Yep. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. Like, 
we, we shared our stories of how we met each other. And it, it, what's interesting to me is like, you know, we all met each other at kind of like differing ages, but still around the same, between 18 and 20 years old, we all either met or became friends. And what's interesting to me is just like how much we've all changed since those initial moments. Right. And it's, it's kind of got me thinking about like how, how you think your friend groups change as you grow, right? As you grow into a different person, as you grow, as you, you know, have different characteristics, as you change, how do the people that you want around you as friends change? And so I guess that's, it's kind of rolling into what we wanted to talk about today was, which is, which is friendship. And I guess one thing I want to talk to you guys about is like, how do you think you've changed your perception about what kind of friends you want around you between, you know, like 20, 18, 19, 20 year old Tom or Tony versus now. Yeah. This kind of sounds like the old adage of like, you know, show me your closest five friends and I'll tell you who you are or whatever. Um, do you guys yeah. believe in that? Because um, I think, to, so to an extent, I do believe in that. I think it's very true. Um, but I don't think, I don't think I've been super intentional about making sure like the five people I spend my most time with are like, you know, they meet all these certain criteria or whatever. I feel like a lot of the friendships I've had mm-hmm. growing up were kind of just, you know, of circum of circumstance, friendship of circumstance. So like we were in the same class, we were doing the same thing, we just became friends. I don't know if I've been super intentional to be like, I want to surround myself with these kind of five people. What do you guys what do you guys think about that? I think it becomes more important as time passes for me. Like the way that I look at it is a lot of like like you Tom, when I was growing up, a lot of the people that where my friends were friends by circumstance. We went to the same high school together. We were on the same sports teams. Maybe we like the same TV shows. We had the same bus route. But what I realized after leaving places like high school and university are like the people that I'm still in touch with, the people that I'm still tight with, there was a deeper connection beyond just I'm friends with you because of convenience and I'm friends with you because of the life stage we're at. It was more like, yo, I'm friends with you because I share some sort of bond with you that's deeper. And I still want you in my life because you bring value in some way that perhaps, you know, some people that were just bonded by circumstance don't, right? Yeah, I I would agree with all of that. I mean, there's two ways to interpret that expression. Like, one is that you're kind of the product of the of the close relationships around you, which I think is is somewhat true. But like, I don't think the social environment you're in is, is entirely determinative. I mean, I, I, I like to think we all have free will and can, you know, carve out our own individuality. Um, but I think it's true that, you know, the close people around you kind of reflect your personal values or ambitions or, or perspectives or worldviews such that like, if you talk to the five people around the, the five closest friends in my life, you probably will get like kind of an idea of um, the social environments I've been in and mm-hmm. kind of the, the views I, the views I have, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's, it's interesting. You say that you're valuing that more as you get older, like that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, those expectations increasing Mm -hmm. i don't like i i wonder if if uh the lasting power of friendships though kind of go beyond like the social circumstances you meet people in because i agree with you tom like most of the people i've i'm friends with today i kind of met through some 
some like social environment that facilitated that friendship, like mm-hmm. school or work or something like that. But, you know, like last, like the lasting power of those friendships, I think really depends on. on yeah, that's, that's true. Right? Like, cause you're going to leave school one day, you might leave your workplace one day. What makes you, I think if you didn't intentionally choose to keep those people in your life and make the extra effort, then, then, then you're mm. thinking about that. You're probably thinking about that. You know, five people, closest five people to you, um, added, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's funny because, like, when when you brought up this question, Tom, I started thinking about like who at different points in my life, who did I consider my closest friends, right? And you know, some people like have the same people their whole lives, or they have relatively the same people. And I'm not gonna denounce that or shit on that by any means. But like for me. When I was in like junior high, the friends around me, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go on like grad trips with you guys and like go to break, go to this with you guys. And then now I don't talk with any of them. Even in high school, I had all these really close friends that I thought were close friends. And now I've outgrown almost all of them, right? There's maybe a handful of them that I still keep in touch with. And it's like funny to me because I kept hearing this from older people. They were like, you know, you're going to grow older and these people in your life that you think are very important and are cool, you're just going to drift apart from them right and i didn't really believe it but now i i i get it because you start realizing okay am i friends with you because you know we actually share some deeper bond and there's something like formative here or am i friends with you because i saw you every tuesday yeah i think it's it's really subjective because you know personally i think getting into new friend groups or new social environments is really important to to personally grow um, to expose yourself to different perspectives, uh, to become a better person, to make, you know, a diversity of friends. Like, I think that's really important. If I had the same friend group I had in high school, like I don't, I I would have missed out on all of these experiences, all of this personal growth. Um, but I don't want to knock that because there, there have definitely been times in my life where I was like, you know, it would kind of be great to have like a ride or die group of like, yeah five people that I've known since I was like 15 but you know and I it's not like I don't have friends from uh, like that time right like I have, I have very you know long-standing friends but uh not necessarily that kind of social group but I I yeah. just I don't know if like my personality or like my experiences would have benefited from that in fact I think like I think I like what I I have going better if that makes sense No, Tony, you're, you're, you're touching on a really good point, and it's something that I'm, I'm curious about. I'd love to get your feedback on this too, Tom. But like, So I'll want to show like How I Met Your Mother or Friends, and I'll see this nuclear friend group that sticks together for a certain amount of times. And I'll, right? And I'll see, but I'll, I'll also see like friend groups that maybe we even went to business school with that are like these larger friend groups that always congregate. And it makes me think like sometimes, sometimes like you, Tony, I'll be like, I, I kind of wish I had that. But at the same time, what I find myself doing is just like I'm in multiple smaller friend groups. Like I'm in like I'll be as part of like five or six different smaller friend groups as opposed so, to so that you're, one. So you're being group. you're basically cast in like seven different sitcom shows is what you're saying? <laughs> no, but like would, would what you I'm finding be, is would you rather be like like one of the main characters or just like a cameo character? Seven into all these different shows you know yeah. like i think that's what yeah that's the question that's a that's a great point yeah. that's a great point and there's benefits and flaws to, to both right um i think just for me like maybe maybe 
why do you why do you think we crave that though, Tony? Like, why do you think we've craved that? You know, just being able to fall back on that one group. Probably because we've seen it, and we we have this expectation that oh, when I'm in my twenties and I'm living in the city, I should have a group of five friends that I always go to the bar with every night. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a false expectation we've set for ourselves, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's just kind of, um, like I don't know about you, because like I've I've always, at least recently, been been quite an extroverted person. So, in a lot of the environments I've I've been in, at least recently, I make a lot of friends. You know, like, mm-hmm. and or at least develop a lot of friendly acquaintances, um, and like I I like that, but I almost think. To know as many people as I do or or to maintain the scope of relationships that I have in my life, I have to sacrifice some of the depth with certain people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have the same problem. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, again, like a personal preference because, of course, I want to get to know everyone well. I'm interested in people. That's why I like meeting people. But... Um, I like what I, I like what, cause it's, I have that depth with a lot of, a lot of my friends as well. You know, in mm. fact, I have that depth with enough of my friends for me to feel secure. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, like I, I almost think it's, um, it, it aligns more with like my personal life priorities to meet more people and to kind of mm-hmm. develop that relationship, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? I have some thoughts, but I'll... Yeah, I don't know. I I, 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 I would also like to have like a ride-or-die crew, but I, it's funny for me particularly because I've lived in different places now and kind of when you move... <laughs> by circumstance you kind of have to make new friends right because life everyone kind of goes on in their own different direction so mm-hmm. i've always been fairly like um mobile in my life so it's been hard even for people who i thought were my ride or dies it's just been hard right like if you're across continents and you're just doing your own thing so i can't blame those people so i've kind of gotten to a stage in my life where like i accept i accept that i might have ride or dies for the moment and things change and things move on and i'm, I'm not going to I just don't want to set a false expectation for myself or for my friends that, you know, if you have a great life opportunity to go somewhere else, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you back. I'm not going to be like, Oh, what about our friendship? I'll be like, you know, go, go for it. You do, you you do you. Do you, I mean, do you think that, like, do you think that those nuclear friend groups are tough to maintain in today's day and age where everyone's like kind of like moving to different cities uh, for jobs or pursuing different opportunities, 100% right? 100% is tough. To, to, do you think that's a, that's a relic of staying in the same city? I don't know if it's a, it's a relic as much as it is. Like we all have similar personalities and that's kind of why we're all such good friends, right? I mean, because all of us have this idea of we're comfortable moving to a new place. We're comfortable stepping out of our comfort zone for, to pursue an opportunity like we'll prioritize our career at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people don't have that disposition, right? And that's fine. You know, people don't need to need to live their lives like that. Because, um, like, to your point, Tom, uh, like, I think probably the primary thing I look for in friends now is, will you support me if uh, if we don't see each other every day? 
right? Like if, if I go pursue yeah. this other opportunity, are you still going to be there or are you going to be envious or jealous or, or distant or um, irritated that I can't talk to you every day? Like, because I think I, I'm, I'm sure all of us have had the experience of, of having friends that don't understand the work, the time commitment we're, we have or, or the choices we're making. Uh, so having that, that support is just so, so important in a, in a friendship. Well, I think what I've heard it from a lot of, um, I guess, famous athletes or performers or, you know, just anyone that has like a high intensity job is they, they, the friends in their lives and the families in their lives that are still there and that are still strong, like know that they're, they're going to be gone for a bit. Like we're not going to be able to reach you for a bit because you're doing your thing. But then when they see you, you're able to just pick it right back up again. Right. And so that's that component. Like you said, Tony, I look for that as well now where it's like, will this person be cool with me hitting them up every couple months as opposed to every couple days. Right. And, you know, we all have those friendships where you can kind of just like pick right back up where you left off and catch up and, and you're good to go, you yeah. know, and I, like, I've never understood the, like, look, I, I, I kind of understand, look, I shouldn't say I don't understand this, but there's this kind of emotional reaction some people have where it's like, hey, you haven't talked to me every day. So are we still friends? And it's because, you know, there I think a lot of those people are used to having those like in-depth, long-standing friendships and friend groups in kind of the same geographical area uh, that I don't I, I think is something that um, either like doesn't align with our perspectives or isn't like maybe just that's just like a de- demonstrative of a lack of compatibility, right? Well, um, I, I will, I will like, I, I totally get that and I resonate with that. I will say though, not necessarily to push back, but to add a different perspective. I think it gets frustrating at times when you are the friend that feels like they're putting in all the effort, right? So it's like, and I, and I'm not sure if either of you have felt this way in prior friendships. Like I've, I've definitely had times where it's like, I'm the one that's always messaging first, or I'm the one that's trying to hang out. And then you kind of get to a point where you're just like, I don't think this person wants to be friends with me anymore. Well, let's see what happens if I stop putting in energy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I used, I had that experience before I, I've kind of like, and this goes to like a, a secure thing. Like I'm at, I think I, I'm at a point where it's like, I'm popular, like deal with it. Right, like, like, like that's that's kind of how cool. I feel. We got, we got a badass over here. Yo. No, it's not like that's not like like me trying to say like head man. No, like I, I'm not even saying like that's preferable, right? Because like, like there, there's a lot of times I wish I could just like kind of tap out of my social environment and 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 read right and 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 play play you know some League of Legends, right? So, um, I'm not I'm not saying like that's better or worse. I'm just saying. I have a lot of friends and I, I feel like because of that, I don't, I don't get offended by that. Like I, I just, mm. I'm like, I understand some people are introverted. Some people just don't like initiating or they have social anxiety or they are just like hyper-focused on what they're doing and kind of need a friend at times mm-hmm. to tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, do you want to come out? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the part like there's limits though, right? And and we talk about kind of like the limits of friendship. 
I, if I reach out to someone multiple times to hang out, like over a long period of time, and I get shut down every time and, and, and not really given a good excuse, I'm going to stop trying. Mm. Like at that point, it's on that person to reach out to me. So I, um, I, I got a, a little bit of a follow-up question on that. How do you guys go about cutting out friends in your life that no longer serve as, as like, like you just don't want to be friends with them anymore? Like I've had scenarios like this oof, where oof. I, what I've done, I, I don't know if this is the correct thing. Maybe this is just what I've done because it's comfortable. Is like, I'll still talk to them if they talk to me. But I'll no longer put in the effort of trying to maintain that friendship, right? So if I'm spoken to, I'll speak back and I'll so, try to yeah. remain friendly, right? And even if they would like want to go for a call, I'll try to just remain friendly. But I'm no longer going to include them in like social scenarios that I'm that's, in. That's Nor am I going to try to polite ghosting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I feel like I, really I don't want to just tell people like we're not friends anymore. I think that's very just, uh, rough. Send them, just send them a middle finger in the text message and be like, bye. <laughs> Let me ask you, like, so have have any of you had to do that? Like, had to say to someone, like, hey, we're not going to be friends anymore? Uh, yeah. No, I think I think very rarely will I ever do that. Um, I think if it ever gets to that point, it's probably it's probably it's probably a pretty bad friendship at that moment. But yeah, I probably would do the uncle method. Um, not not take initiative, and they will probably get the message and not take initiative either. And then we go our separate peaceful ways. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like if one of us had, you know, multiple stories of, yeah, then I cut this friend off, like, that would be probably a personal flaw, <laughs> rather than, like, mm-hmm. a series of coincidence coincidences. I, I do feel like I probably have kind of a similar strategy to the both of you. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know if there's, like, a specific threshold where I, I'm, like, hey, I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. I feel like it kind of just builds up over time. Mm -hmm. And, like, your interest in, like, developing that friendship kind of wanes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. At least for me. Um, Mm -hmm. There are, like, some kind of, like, big things you can find out about someone or revelations or things they could do that might catalyze that, where you're like, oh, like maybe this person yeah. isn't someone I want to be friends with, and at that what? point, like, like I don't think I would ever have like a confrontation with someone and be like, hey, you know. But like, like I've definitely had that thought, right? Like, oh, yeah, maybe this friend is toxic. Maybe I need to hang out with them less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, most definitely. Um, and I think it, like, for me, it's 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 that one type of situation where it's like a the friend is toxic and i think it's the other type of situation where you're like i've just outgrown this person right like who i was when i was friends with this person the guy have a a a great example i have a friend from high school where we were just like we had been friends for like seven plus years and i got to a point where i was just like i this is where i want to go in life and this is where this person wants to go and when we talk all we talk about is back in high school and so then I was just like, I don't think we can be friends anymore. That's a, that's a bad sign. Right? No, but like, it's not even personal. It's not like I dislike yeah. this person. I wish him nothing but the best. But I just realized, I was just like, I I don't, I just don't think this is going to work. 
and i think that's okay like i don't think you don't have there's no burden on anyone to be friends with someone for life like if you guys are going separate ways you're going separate ways it's okay it's also good for that person too right like yeah yeah. there's no friendship shouldn't be a burden of course but there are times where i feel like like when i get to a certain level of friendship with someone i that comes with obligations yeah because like i want to be a good friend you know, that I feel like that really speaks to someone's character. If they're a good friend or yep. a bad friend. Um, well, one thing I wanted to, is a little bit of a segue, um, but one thing, Tony, you talked about this earlier, and I wanted to dig into it a little bit more, is you talked about how you have like a ton of friends in your life, but you don't Badass. go as deep. <laughs> so like, I, so what happens to me is I also make a lot of, I don't want to, I actually don't want to say I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friendly acquaintances mm-hmm. and like a short, like a, a, a smaller amount of like close knit friends. Mm-hmm. And like for me, really, really easy to get like friendly with someone, really hard to become super close with someone. You see what I'm saying? Because to me, a testness of how close you are is like duration over life changes. Like, am I still friends with this person after we finish school together? right and after i've grown am i still friends with this person right so i guess the reason why i I got a little bit of a segue there the reason why i wanted to bring this up was like um i found that even though i have different kind of levels to my friendships there's actually a really huge benefit to what i call friendly acquaintances and the benefit is in just opening up networks to each other so um, I don't know. I think I mentioned this book to you guys in a prior conversation, but uh, The Defining Decade by Meg Jay, right? Um, she talks about this uh, concept called weak connections. And she basically says how these people who are like maybe like people you met at like uh, people who went to the same business school as you, but you weren't that tight with or people that, you know, um, are your friends, friends are people that you can actually leverage for meeting new networks and meeting especially when it comes to careers having new career opportunities right have you have you for me like just to close this note like i've definitely noticed the value of having weak connections and just being you know friendly with a whole bunch of people because it's allowed me to be like hey so and so like i noticed that you're friends with this person who works at this company would you offer to give me an intro and you know the person's like yeah absolutely i don't mind doing that at all and i i love doing that for people because then i feel good because i'm helping people have you guys noticed that as well Absolutely. I mean, I, f- I feel like I've been quite intentional at developing as many of those connections as possible. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like especially at this age, you know, developing that social capital is massive. And I think mm-hmm. it'll it'll serve you well over, you know, over your life. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's really important. Tom? Um, of course, I think even especially like as somebody who's living in the business world, for better or for worse, <laughs> um, having having those friends make make opens doors, man. They open opens doors to things that opens doors to new opportunities, whether that be business opportunities or just even new hobbies, mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. new things to do, new places to go in the city, new restaurants. I don't know. Like I think mm. I think there's a very good benefit to having um, it's kind of like concentric circles, right? Like you have people on the outer layer that have a certain benefit for you and then you get closer and closer to your inner circle right um mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong in having a big outer circle as well i think it's even super beneficial 
Yeah, no, I agree. The only caveat, I want to share this with the audience because this is a mistake that I think I made in my earlier 20s that I, I'm trying to be more mindful of moving forward. And that is what, what, what in certain scenarios, what I would remember is I wouldn't necessarily be upfront that I wanted something from someone, right? And so I would just like hang out with someone and they just thought we were just chilling. And then I'd pop a question at the end, like, hey, what do you think of this? Or do you know this person at this company, right? And so then the, the people, I feel like I would always get like, sometimes I, in these scenarios, I'd get like negative reactions and the people I feel like felt used. So from that, what I've kind of take, taken from that is I'm usually pretty upfront. Like if I, if I want to discuss a career opportunity with someone or something like that, I'll be like, hey, I'd love to catch up. Also, I'm like thinking about moving into this career thing. Or I want to discuss this career thing as well. So then I know we're going to discuss that. And maybe I also do want to catch up, right? Um, have you guys ever had that problem or have you ever seen that come up with you? Where it feels uh, like somebody might be using you? Uh, well, yes. So, so personally, I've never like, oh, let me rephrase. Um, definitely, I felt somebody using me. You know, they they send you the message like hey how are you doing even though they haven't spoken to you in like two years and then the very next message is like oh um can you help me with this or can you mm-hmm. introduce me to this kind of person um yeah that doesn't usually end well because <laughs> that's just it's just kind of it's, it's fake right it's, it's inauthentic right um especially when they when they when they when they begin it with all these pleasantries that are fairly unnecessary um mm-hmm. but i do agree with the approach of just being upfront if you're like hey i know we haven't spoken in a while but you know, I know you know this person. Would you mind introducing me to them or something? Um, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the upfrontness. So there's no, there's, I think people in life get disappointed when you know their expectations don't meet reality. So set set reasonable expectations with with yeah. people, right? If you're, well, I think that's what I've learned from that as well. Yeah. 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 You don't want to show fake love to people, right? Like. Yeah. It's 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 really important not to do that. I I, I would say personally, the the most common kind of expression of that in my life now is I'll have people who I haven't spoken to in like five years hit me up and they'll be like hey like can you give me legal advice like I, I have like dollars in parking tickets like, do I have to pay them <laughs> oh yeah I, I think I know this person <laughs> yeah no I, I've, I've had a few of those cases so it's like like oh, come on man I'm more than a lawyer <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but all yeah, I mean, I get it. Like I get it because people need help and they're just mm-hmm. going to try to reach out to someone who they know. Especially now with COVID with. and everything. Yeah, but it's it's also like come on, man. Like Yeah. Yeah, like, I think the rule of thumb with this is just be upfront though. Like sometimes I actually do want to catch up with people and I also want something from them. And I'll just tell both of those things like, hey, I'd love to catch up. Additionally, I'm like applying to this job at your company or whatever. Like I'm applying to this job. I'd love it if you could take a look at my resume. We could just talk about what you think my strategy should be. Dude, see, love it, to do I both. I think it depends on the ask. Like the yeah. majority of people that reach out to me, what what, what annoys me is they're they're asking me to do like legal work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, pay me a thousand dollars. Yeah, like you think I'm just yeah, gonna that's do, a good point. do like what I do professionally for you for free? Yeah, like look, if either of you two reached out to me, one hundred percent, why not? Like, because we're friends, like we're actively friends. Mm-hmm. But someone I haven't talked to in years and like didn't really know that well when I did talk to them, like I, I don't know, it just yeah. it just feels a little inauthentic. Yeah, no, that's good. That's, that's a good point.
guess a, a conversation I was curious about is like, do you intentionally kind of pick friends for specific scenarios? And what do you think about like friend mixing? Like trying to like I've had friend mixing scenarios that have gone super well. Where like yeah. this person from this social environment and this person from this social environment have met and they become best friends or they dated or whatever it is. And then I've had other friend mixing scenarios that have been like really awkward. And you realize in hindsight why it didn't work, but prior to you're just like, yeah, they they totally would work out. I th- I think I, it's I think it's healthy to have different friend circles um for different purposes um okay. i've tried you've tried the, i've tried the mixing one i think if when it makes sense to mix mix but like i like having you know for lack of a better term like i, I like having my friends that are like like know my work and i can like talk to them about my job and stuff but i also like my friends that i can talk to and and work would never come up my job would never come up right yeah i also have friends who i can just like shit the shit with when it comes to like soccer or complete banter about about football right um yeah and sometimes those friends mix in does just doesn't really make sense because they don't have a common interest, right? But I, I like I like having those things separate, just almost for my peace of mind sometimes and my own mental health sometimes. So well, that's what I like about birthday parties sometimes because that's that's what brings everyone together. Yeah, too. And I think sometimes when when you bring everyone together, they end up just sometimes it works out. Sometimes they just stay in there in the circles that you already knew <laughs> they were yeah. like a part of. Um, I don't know. I, I I would definitely not like. I don't. I'm not going to discourage anyone from trying, but I think you know only do it when you when when it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I really agree with that, Tom. Like I, I feel like I have like distinct social circles quite quite intentionally. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I think part of it is like you're accountable for different reasons to each social circle you're in, and mm-hmm. I feel I I don't know personally. I feel a lot more secure knowing, you know, like like one social group or one social like friendship could blow up and I still have all these others. Like it's not going to be some domino effect unless something terrible happens or I do something terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like I, I, I think there to like answer your question on core. I do think I'm, I, I, I can be intentional with the friends I pick, not necessarily like, Oh, this person could do this for me or this person has this, like skill set i i want to but it's more like this person's ambitious and i think that's i like ambitious Mm -hmm. friends because i want to be around people that are working hard and and you know and focused and like like things like that right um there is a, a a a line though uh and i think it's important between being intentional with the friendships you create and just being like a psychopath that's like just picking pe- picking friends, you know, that you think will be useful to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That sounds like some American psycho Christian Bale shit right there. That's like, which which business cards do you want to compile into the binder? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, I think that's a great place to end, yeah? Actually, I want to say one more thing that I found super funny. especially when we first started doing this journey. But uh, someone tweeted once, um, and it was a lady, and she said, I am convinced that guys start a podcast just so they have an excuse to have a real conversation with each other. <laughs> take, real. Take, yeah, take of that uh, what, what you want, boys. <laughs> but, real. Uh, which, real. You no. know, you know that, that I feel like that's funny, but, but I feel like uh, we, we had conversations like this before the podcast too. 
And that's what made us want to start it, was so that you all can listen to these conversations. <laughs> all right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you're liking what you're hearing, you know, in the spirit of today's episode, share this with your friends, you know, share this on your, in your social media group chats, share this in your forum. I don't know what you guys are using to talk to your friends, your TikToks and your Snapchats or whatever it is. Just share it. All right. We appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate the love. We appreciate you sharing this with your friends. Appreciate you listening every week and yeah, have a great week. Love y'all. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.